and welcome to Talking Sense, the sensibility podcast presented by Ungagged. I'm your co-host, Kat. I'm your co-host, Aaron. And this month, we're bringing a very special guest co-host, our editor, Neil. Yeah, hello, everyone. Nice to have you on this side of the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd, yes. Um, I just hope I can say enough to make sense. <laughs> oh. Don't worry about it. We worry about that every every month. <laughs> we, we manage through. Um, so for our listeners, Neil is in the Green Party, and we brought him in, in on this side of the microphone because we're going to talk about the conferences, the SP and the Green Conferences, to kind of get a, a look at what, what happened that we liked, what happened that we didn't like, and the explosive developments of either. <laughs> so, Neil, how much do you know about what happened at the S&P conference? To be honest, only the, the headlines that um, reached uh, to mainstream media. Uh, not much more than that, to be honest. Okay. And, and so, Aaron, did you see the headlines? Because I did not. I was recovering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were, there was the, the sort of main media narratives were, um, Right at the start of conference, you had sort of the sort of big UK media um, outlets kind of walking around trying to create some kind of narrative about um, this like SNP, like labor, um, like feud, um, because, uh, you know, as you do when the, the party that starts, another party starts polling higher, you, you start attacking them. That's just what you do. That's, that's, that's politics, baby. So like, Labor started, labor started pulling higher than Tories, so we started pulling out some attack lines on labor. That's what you do. And then it became this whole, like, oh, but wouldn't SNP voters still rather have a labor government? And then, like, um, so that just got a bit, I just got a bit silly, really. Like, the, the media were just acting shocked that we had anything bad to say about labor at all. And this was, like, the day after Rachel Reeves had done her whole, like, we want to deport more people. It's like, we don't have anything nice to say about labor because they keep doing stuff like this. Like, mm -hmm. so I like, I got kind of, we had a couple of pals got kind of cornered by channel Four news to ask us like, Oh, SNP activists, what do you think about like labor? And um, they were really trying to create this, like this, like narrative about us wanting to like attack labor more than we wanted to see the Tories out or whatever. Um, oh. Though funnily enough, out of all of the things I said about like Rachel Reeves and about like benefits and about immigration, they just clipped me down to, well, I guess labor are better than the Tories because they won't like literally try to destroy the country. <laughs> um, and one of my pals clipped one of my pals down to, oh, labor or Tory is like choosing to be kicked or punched. All I want is independence. <laughs> so it ended up being a very weird situation. So there was that whole SNP like attacking labor thing being um, and saying labor aren't any different than the Tories thing that was on day one. And then by the end, the other major headline was basically Nicola saying she detests the Tories. <laughs> so on one hand, we're being unreasonable and not saying that labor, labor and Tories are different. But on the other hand, apparently we hate the Tories too much. You can yeah, never hate the right. Tories too much. Definitely. I know there's no such thing as hating the Tories <laughs> too much. <laughs> and actually, I think, I don't know if this was felt Scotland wide, but I think there was a membership boost after Nicola made those comments. Um, of course there was. Yeah, like we got a dozen new members like the next, like, like just on the Monday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um, actually, actually saying something like that out loud. 
will make people make people think. Yeah, yeah the other the, uh, develop the pearl clutching was hilarious. Oh, the pearl clutching was hilarious because like, who doesn't detest the Tories? And they like they they were trying to make it about like, oh, they detest Tory voters. They detest individual people who are involved with the Tories. It's like, come on, you know what she meant. Yeah, detest Tory policies and their ideology. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the party as an organ, not anyway. Whatever. Exactly. So those are like the two big head headline grabbing things, and then there, everything else was like actually quite small because it was such a. Um, I think it was a really calm conference. I ended up talking to LBC for a bit. I don't know if this ever aired, but like they were asking me about the um, the sort of gender criticals outside because about four of them and one dinosaur turned up um, for a couple yeah. of hours one morning. And you know when LBC was was talking to me about it, they were they were kind of like, oh well, we were expecting there to be like tension and division. You're the co-convener of you know the LGBT wing. Like what do you? I'm like, mm, no, like there's four of them out there and like three thousand of us in here and. Um, <laughs> everyone's been super friendly and nice at my stall so i like mm -hmm. it, it was quite nice to see them outside the conference instead of inside yes <laughs> yes so we're so i mean we're not the greens we we're a little bit jealousy of the the zero tolerance policy um but slowly and surely i think the thing that gives me hope from you know another maybe not wow conference is that um whenever I see a vote or members, you know, speaking up, it, it is more progressive and more to left is left might, might not be the correct term because I don't know how economically left the party is, but um, progressive voting and, and more center left politics than sometimes is presented because I don't know, mm -hmm. Fergus Ewing is always in the papers for some reason. And he's like, <laughs> almost right wing, you know, I think MSP. Some of the things that we excel at as well are things that are progressive in a way that doesn't necessarily map onto left-right politics particularly well. Um, one of the things that I'm, one of the motions that I was really happy to see passed was the motion on increasing the, the formal school start age to six with the possibility of increasing it to seven um, and introducing a kindergarten phase. Um, so that that motion passed, obviously that, it go, it's, it's a long process from becomes party policy to gets on a manifesto to we win that next election to we start looking at implementing that but you know that that is a big first step for a very very important pretty much you know bog standard and much of the you know in much of our peer countries but very kind of revolutionary for for education in the uk um step so that is like a really progressive step that is really going to improve children's lives um when we slowly but surely go through the stages to create it, it is progressive, but in a way that doesn't really map onto the left, right. Yeah. Spectrum um, well. How do you feel, Neil? Because I know this, the green are the greens already have the policy of school age starting at seven. So I, I think that the greens exert necessary pressure on the SNP pulling it towards social justice and, mm -hmm. and, and things yeah. like that. Um, do you feel happy like do you feel glad when you see that or proud or do you feel annoyed that we're <laughs> adopting the policies you your party's are uh, forward no happy and proud definitely i mean um the we the scottish Greens are a small part of the scottish government but i am very proud of the influences that um that we've had 
on the Scottish government so far, and I, I think that, that is one of them. We actually just a conference there passed a policy to have a play-based education, kindergarten uh, up to um, up to seven, up to, to primary two. And uh, I am uh, a school teacher. Uh, I work in special needs in secondary, but my union, which I'm very much an active member of, the Educational Institute for Scotland, EIS, our policy on that is for that exactly, is that kindergarten stage, uh, stage play-based learning uh, up until the age of seven. Um, so from uh, my from my union uh, and from uh, my political party, yeah, definitely uh, fully behind that. Well, that's good to hear because <laughs> I've heard some people complain like, oh, I just copy our policy. I'm like, well, you're on the record of having it first. So, you know, anything that improves <laughs> lives is kind of good in my book. Um, I will say, so my, I had two favorite resolutions that passed. Um, I don't know if you have like your favorites, Erin, besides the play-based education, or if you want to go first. Um, I will say that I can't really talk about it because it was an internal motion. You're not supposed to talk about those, but I moved <laughs> a motion past. I was very excited about that, but cannot say more, alas. Um, you go ahead with yours. <laughs> okay, so the first one is probably one that did make headlines, um, but like I said, a, kind of a haze for me right now. Um, the abortion resolution that passed, I have um, a picture of how overwhelmingly it passed. You, you hardly saw any cards down, and I think only two cards voted against. Like, I'm sure there was people that abstained, but the resolution was to for buffer zones, uh, just like the Greens, um, like how Jillian McKay's members bill is doing that. Um, it was about early medical abortion to make it permanent. And it was about offering abortion services up to 24 weeks in Scotland instead of sending people to England for the services. So, um, I mean, I know the person who moved it, Val Quigley, is, has been working on this for like at least five years. Um, she, she's like in a neighboring branch. So it was, it was nice to see. I mean, I know how relieved and happy and excited she was to get that on there. Um, and then I think there was like 20 of us that submitted motions that all got amalgamated into that one. Um, so I had a small hand, like one of the paragraphs was mine that they kept. <laughs> Did that motion but, not um, also have a line about exploring decriminalization as well? It did, but it didn't, um, expand on that actually um that's something i talked about with the others with val and some of the others is that maybe next year that's what we need to focus on is actually having a motion around full decriminalization like permanent criminalization not something that is illegal if you don't have two doctor signatures um hmm. because that would be the right thing to do from a human rights it standpoint we did have someone speak against the motion to or to remit it back. Um, I'll give you a did. guess at who that was. <laughs> you <know. laughs> yeah, you get three you guesses first, you don't count. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, it was, so John Mason spoke to remit. Um, 
it it didn't go anywhere. Like he barely had anyone second him. And, you know, he holds his beliefs very seriously. And, you know, I guess I wish that everybody that objected to things did it from the sincerity of their heart, even if I really don't agree with it. Um, but that's all I can say about that is how happy I was to see it pass so overwhelmingly. It was beautiful. And the surprise yeah. was that Mary Todd, who is like women's health, who hasn't really been able to say much about it publicly, got up on stage. She wasn't even supposed to be there. Um, but when this was going through, she came in and she actually got to say her piece and actually got to voice the the importance of, you know, not doing harassment at abortion clinics. It was kind of funny, like, don't harass people at a clinic, come to parliament and harass us. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was great. I had not, I've never seen her speak with that kind of passion. Um, yeah. Um, go watch the recording guys. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I have it. I have it clipped. I'll, I'll have to like tweet it out or something so we can put it on the show notes, but yeah, it was really nice to, I mean, it must suck to be a minister, to not be able to speak to how you feel mm -hmm. about things. I can't, I can't imagine yeah. how frustrating. Um, did that make the news cycle? Oh, sorry. Yeah. My other favorite is, um, it was the Iran motion at the very end. It was a topical oh, motion yeah. about Masa Amini and, and the, the best part about it was uh, Fatima Joji, a uh, counselor, Fatima Joji in Aberdeenshire and counselor Rosa Sally from Glasgow. You know, Fatima is born and raised in Scotland. She's a Muslim woman who wears a headscarf. Um, Rosa is a Kurdish refugee from Iraq, but she is Muslim, but she doesn't wear, you know, religious clothing. So it was really neat to hear them, both their perspectives, like the, everything about it was just kind of, <laughs> excuse me, gave me chills. It just was amazing, I thought. Yeah, that I'm really, really gutted that I missed that. I uh, developed conference flu by, by Monday and uh, could, not, uh, could not be there on Monday because I was just like, mm, I want to go, but it would be irresponsible to be like hacking and coughing in this like poorly ventilated space with thousands of people in it. Um, we do appreciate that. <laughs> everyone got the conference flu anyway, but I tried my best. Yeah. I think two um, nights out after the crazy work of going into uh, of conference was, uh, didn't leave me much of an immune system. Yeah, I hear you. Well, yeah, that's so, and I think, so the, the closing speech by Nicholas Sturgeon, I was kind of waiting to hear a, a landmark thing, you know, a big, huge thing. And, and the doubling of the child payment was a fairly big deal, even though it didn't really, I mean, it doesn't really apply to immigrants. So, or people that are no recourse to public funds. So the, mm. the thing that I took away from it that I thought was most that hit me the hardest and then I'm going to take forward with me is she said she talked to someone who said it okay independence is good but is it necessary and she said you know most of us think it's the right thing to do it's the fair thing and it's you know yeah it's the good right fair thing to do any combination of those but how important it was to communicate to people that it's absolutely necessary with all the shenanigans that have gone on I mean it's been six years since I moved here and it's always been, it's been one crisis to another. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's something I'm going to take forward with me into campaigning for, for whoever. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly the last week hasn't got any better, has it? No. Uh, no. We're looking at Boris Johnson round two. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Like people are like clutching pearls again. Like any of them will be horrible. I don't actually care which who's the leader. I just know that yeah. I want there to be a general election because even though I am very unimpressed by labor, I would rather have them be in government because I think they'll do less harm to yeah. people yeah. living in the UK. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. They're not going to be fantastic, but <clears throat> certainly... Well, Tories are always mad, but at the moment, they are just so absolutely appalling. It's, it's unreal. I definitely hate or hated Thatcher, but at least she knew what she was doing. You know, she had a plan <laughs> and she had an intelligence and she got it done. Now, I hated what she got done. I absolutely hated what she got done and, and the changes she made in the country. But she knew what she was doing. That's what don't have a bloody clue what I'm doing. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Would you rather have someone who is intelligent and good at something you disagree with? <laughs> or somebody who is just utterly unable to fulfill any of their goals that you disagree with? Yeah. There's something frightening yeah. about feeling like everything is chaos. Fair. And actually that's yeah. um you know, when, when you're, when everything's chaotic, people tend, there's a thing called fear rigidity in, in, in psychology terms, but really what it is, is it, you cling to the devil, you know, well, things yeah. could always be worse. I think we might have reached a tipping point with that and saying like, actually the devil we know in Scotland is the Scottish government and not calling, you know, devil colloquially, <laughs> but like, it's not perfect, mm. but this, it could be so much worse. And I feel like independence voting for independence seems like less and less of a risk to people yeah i mean we, we tried to tell people in 2014 that the staying in the union was a risk but it didn't seem like that then because things hadn't gone completely tits up but now that they have <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i've met a lot of people who said they didn't vote for independence in 2014 because of alex salmon like a lot of women who were like in their 60s that is yep. literally basically why women for independence had to be created because women weren't going to vote for independence with him in charge Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There was I, so I, I started off feeling the same, and uh, you know, once I started to look into it, and you know, basically when when we get independence, the, the SNP really disappears in a puff of smoke, and uh, you know, the, the 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 different views within the SNP will form themselves either into new parties or join other parties. So it won't be that when we get independence, Nicholas Sturgeon and whoever else is there are in charge straight away, because one of the first things we're going to do is, is have a, a general election. Yeah. I mean, I kind of assume that we'd probably win the first one after carry on negotiations, et cetera. But then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I mean, this is something we all talk about a lot because... Constantly. You know, the the SNP is like whole reason for existing is to get independent so then what holds the party together afterwards and i i don't think it's the lefties who are gonna <laughs> take and, and take control of the party so 
it's for those of us who are lefties in the party, it, it leaves a question in our minds of what's what the future holds, because, you know, there's a lot of people in SP that I have a lot of time for. There's a lot of people whose views I disagree with that I feel like there's those of us that, that can be bridges to people, you know, to help guide them into like current reality or whatever. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know what will happen a- after independence. I'm feeling really positive about the party right now. Um, I've been talking to branches about like, you know, LGBT stuff. And like, every time I do it, even when it's a branch that I was nervous about, I've come away like with more faith in people in the party and more faith in our ability to do positive change and our ability to like win hearts and minds to progressive causes than I've had. And I don't know, I'm feeling actually pretty positive about the party right now. Well, this is something I think the Greens get right, so very right, is that independence is not an end in of itself. And a lot of people in the S&P think that, but a lot of people don't, right? Um, there has to be a reason that people vote for independence. People invite me to like independence rallies, yes, for EU events. And I'm like, you know, I go to the Iran protests. I go to the social justice protests because I think that that's just as important for our future and and for the independence movement to go look actually these things still matter and will matter in an independent Scotland that's also kind of what the party has been doing is like you know since we got into you know into government in in Scotland being able to say like look at all of the things that we are doing differently and look at how much more we could do if we were independent from my perspective in the past few years, the SNP has got more cohesive uh, in, in, in what they're talking about and the, the things that they're saying, rather than that kind of all these different views trying to do something. The, the SNP has <clears throat> been able to, I don't know, use a cliche, kind of carve out a path in, in one particular direction. And it might, it's not particularly right, it's not particularly left, but People seem to be talking about the same kind of thing rather than talking about different different goals. I think in the last I mean, two years, we really have kind of pulled together on sort of a socially progressive sort of center-left position and just mm-hmm. kind of got, you know, the, the majority of people kind of singing from the same hymn sheet there. Um, and even if people who don't agree on anything else can at least repeat baby box, child payment, um, free school meals, and just sort of, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Like, obviously, I think you're dead on, Neil. Like, there's a unity of message or a co- cohesion or whatever that, so that it, it cuts through. And even though there's outliers, there's outliers more to the center, there's outliers more to the left, which, you know, I, I think that I count myself as an outlier to the left, but there's still those core messages that we can all agree on, I think, moving forward. Mm. So that's nice. I mean, yeah. but I'm used to being in a humongous party in the U.S. where I don't expect to agree with everyone. So it's kind of just situation normal for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we had a good conference. It was my first one, my first real life one, because I um, got active in the party um, during the pandemic. So, um, well, just just before the pandemic, so end of 2019. So I had never been to a real life conference before. And I, I thought it was great. Um, it was really good to actually put faces to names and... Um, sort of to see how how things are shaped um but all in all I think it was you know 
things are fairly cohesive. I think only one motion didn't pass and it was an internal one anyway. Um, and yeah, um, not hugely headline grabbing, unlike the Green Party conference, which was, yeah. <laughs> yes, moving on to the more interesting conference of the two. Um, so do you want to like just run us through some stuff Either highlights, yeah, highlights I, I, your I, overall feelings. I have, I, I have some things written down. Um, Great. So, um, overall, I found it very inspiring. Um, far smaller than the SMP conference. It was about 200 people. Uh, and it was just great, um, as you were saying, Erin, to, to meet people face-to-face -face that you've seen on, on, uh, on whatever, like this, on, on Zoom meetings or whatever. Um, but just to be with so many like-minded people is, uh, is a real boost. Um, but the Saturday was basically kind of talks and discussions, and then the Sunday was uh, policy and conference motions. <clears throat> so uh, on the start uh, on the Saturday, we started off with um, with uh, Maggie Chapman uh, giving the the introduction. Uh, to the conference in general, and fortunately, she did mention that uh, something will go back to later about uh, the uh, See Me Home Safely campaign, and that she would make a, a member's bill out of that, so that was good. And then we had our, our two co leaders, we had uh, Lorna Slater and then uh, Wee Paddy uh, Patrick <laughs> uh, after that. Um, and you know, one of the things that <clears throat> I like about being a member of the, Sc the Scottish Greens is, is the diversity that we've got and the inclusion that certainly I think we've got. So Maggie was previous uh, co-convener, but we changed the name to co-leader. And she is a new Scot from Zimbabwe. And uh, Lorna, who we've got now as a co-leader, is a, a new Scot from, from Canada. You know, and um, so Warner gave us some policy things that were going to happen or had happened. And then we got Patrick and he was he was so passionate. He mentioned it many times that he really enjoyed saying Greens in government, you know. And uh, as I said earlier, I think um, just small party and a wee bit in there, but I think we've had a good influence on uh, Scottish government as it's going on. Two things, definitely. The the rent freeze and the, the stopping of evictions and the under 22 free travel and buses. That's de two definite gains that were made in there. So it was talking about that. And then we had um, the, I think, I think deputy leader of the Green Party of England and Wales which we were abbreviating at conference to GPU, as in Green Party, and then EU, as in U, taking it as one. Um, so we had Zach Polanski on here, and uh, and he was great. And then we had some talks um, from Worldwide Fund for Nature, um, who were hosting the kind of thing we're talking about, sustainable farming. Uh, and we had somebody on who uh, was really good. He's got 28 Ayrshire cows and uh, delivers locally and, and stuff like that. And I had a big herd before and then because of stuff I had to close down. 
and blue carbon, which is looking after the seabed so they capture the, the carbon uh, from the atmosphere. Then we had various friends meetings, including stuff about uh, Butte House Agreement and how that was working between ourselves and the, the SNP. And we did try to make it a, a closed session, but the, the press just sort of barged in and set up their cameras. <laughs> so uh, we, might, we might have a closed session online to do with that, but that made it slightly different. That was good. And we had an education fringe as well with uh, um, young Ross as our education spokesman, and he's just absolutely spot on about everything. Uh, and as I said before, my union, EIS, we had our general secretary and our president in there. And then on the Sunday, a good number of policy statements. I'll just run through some of them quickly if I can find it and get in here. Yeah, so with migration, housing, trans healthcare, energy, transport policy, equal rights for families through birth and adoption, defence and security, the one we mentioned before about the the, the play-based education, digital identity. As you'll know, if you've, you've been to your own conference, yeah, it can get a wee bit tough when you got all this stuff uh, coming in. And I didn't go to the morning session, I must admit, um, <laughs> because one of them, I've got it noted down here, and it was 16 pages long in the first place. And then after it, there was 27 amendments. Oh, my gosh. A 16 page, uh, the resolution was 16 pages? Yeah, the, the, the changes to kind of policy document was 16 oh, wow. pages. And then there was 27 amendments. And uh, I thought, no, I, I, I think I'll miss that and go down a little bit later. <laughs> I think to be fair, we had one like that too because it was just about like changing the structure of doing a few little national events, but because it's in the constitution about yeah. whether to do it or not, it was like all of these constitutional changes that. Yeah, but that yeah, was two pages. Just about like. <laughs> True. That was only two pages. Um, that's yeah. a big difference, I think, is they the SNP resolutions they want them to be short, succinct, and and very legible mm -hmm. to like an outside observer. Where I think that the greens are more like policy wonks just by nature where it's more detailed and more yeah. meaty maybe <laughs> definitely i wrote it down which one it was but i can't find it uh, overall good and there and then of course the the conference motions and um there was emergency one put in i'm part of the uh, trade union group secretary uh, of that and we had one we get me home safely campaign which has been done by uh, Unite Hospitality and from, for, for them, you know, hospitality workers uh, going home at the end of shifts and bars and clubs and uh, we got that through that the party would support it and as I said Maggie Chapman is going to put in a, a member's bill on that and the kind of emergency one after that was about the SDC campaign for Scotland Demands Better. So we've we're now got that through. So Scottish Green Party is backing that campaign uh, as well. So uh, and one then, of the other Oh, sorry. The Scotland Demands Better campaign, What do you know what the main points of that are? For the listeners um, who might not know it. I 
don't have it to my fingertips. <laughs> okay, we'll put that in the show notes. The the Scotland demands yeah. better and the the yeah. see me home safely, which is a little yeah. bit more uh, self evident in the title. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, so you were saying? No, no, and of course uh, the other conference motion that got the biggest publicity uh, was suspending ties with the Green Party of England and Wales. I see. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a lot of talk about it. I didn't look into it properly myself. Um, but when the proposer and um, uh, I, I, I presume the writer of the motion, uh, Guy, Guy Anderson, is, uh, is very good on these things. And he did start off by saying that what we want to do and has been passed now is it's one clause from our constitution to stop um, uh, members of GPEU uh, being able to vote in any uh, Scottish Green Party meetings. So uh, previously, somebody was a, a member of the Green Party in England and Wales that came along to say the Glasgow branch meeting and there was a vote, they can vote. Right, but that has been suspended. Uh, but it's not a severing of all links. So, uh, if there is any discussions between different parts of both parties on things, that will continue. Right, but the 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 main thrust of trying to do something more is that there has been transphobic things going on and motions and. Uh, homophobic stuff as well, as, and also a disrespecting of uh, Scottish devolution in that they've, they've talked about things or tried to pass things that affect the whole of the UK and not just England and Wales. Uh, and we wanted to, you know, to, to mark that and say something about it. Um, because it's, it's not right that with, certainly with the transphobic and the homophobic stuff, there, there, there has been disciplinary procedures put on people, but mm-hmm. they haven't worked. You know, it's not stopped it happening. You know, so we wanted to say something, go, right, okay, we don't like this, we've told you this before, and, you know, to put in something new in there to try and get them to reinforce their disciplinary procedures and so on to get that done. Um, but it's not a complete severing uh, of ties or discussions between the, the two parties. Well, it does seem like the right move because like, I mean, and this is from an outsider perspective who isn't a, obviously I'm an SNP person, not a Green person, but it just seems like the Scottish Greens have done a lot of work at making a party that is legitimately and really and at its core socially progressive, that is fairly coherent, mm-hmm. that actually cares as well on it on, on the sort of green environmental politics side of it actually really cares about you know environmental science and about um ways out to address climate change you know your your co-leader is someone who is literally like an like renewable energy engineer um yep. and it just seems like the green party of england and wales not only do they have the issues with not with not dealing with transphobia and therefore not having a coherent socially progressive vision but they don't really have a coherent environmental vision either 
I find compared to the Scottish Greens in terms of mm. being a mix yep. of people who are like anti HS2 because they think environmentalism is tree hugging. Um, that they sort of thing. Like the, the, the Green Party of England, like the Green Party of England and Wales just isn't coherent both on environmental policy and on social policy. Right. Like having members in the House of Lords, I don't care if you elect them and to be in the House of Lords, like that's splitting hairs. I, I think that <laughs> I like the Scottish Greens policy of if you accept like a seat in the House of Lords, you're kicked out of the party. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, yes. The thing that I so I had been looking at this resolution before beforehand and kind of wondering, ooh, like I wonder if it did enough because I, I saw at the deputy leader hustings like that was a it for green party england and wales that was a big deal like the possible severing of ties i know that they they talked about it quite a bit um and i was wondering if that would have done the job but then when i actually after the resolution passed overwhelmingly which was amazing to see um oh yeah it was it was definitely overwhelming it was <laughs> um complete standing ovation and applause and whoops and everything else Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think the 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 motion was written very, very smart in a very smart way because it is about also that devolution thing. Um, I think this kind of I mean, this ties back to something that was that's been in the press this week is that you know, there's no Scottish Green MPs yet, yet in Westminster. And maybe hopefully we'll be independent before that's before we need to do that. But um, the SNP did not vote on um, buffer zones in England and Wales for abortion clinics, which is kind of tough to take sometimes. You know, it's Aaron and I were touching on that. It's it's party policy to only vote on stuff that Scottish members. I think there's a caveat there where like we do send people to get abortions over 20 weeks all down to England. But, you know, you have to respect the evolution or you don't. So. You know, I think yeah, that's a very smart like, way to go about it. For the yeah, Greens. I feel like there's like a, yeah, I feel like there's sort of, we really should have thought about this one more because of the cross-border implications, because of the fact that we send people over 20 weeks down to England. But I, I kind of, yeah, I understand the position that we, we don't, we don't vote on things that should be England only matters. I just think we made a miscalculation about whether this was an England only matter. I wish we had more PEO political education officers in our branches that were more wonky about all the specifics and policy and how our party works. Like there's people that don't know who's an MP and MSP and, you know, for somebody so embedded into politics, like that kind of makes my head hurt. But I think only a few years ago, I probably didn't know, but you know, the whole tendency to talk about currency, currency, currency just drives me nuts. We need to talk about some like nuts and bolts of like, this is why the party votes this way. This is what they excuse themselves from so that there's a way to counter this media frenzy of going, no, like, how dare you not vote for this? So even though mm -hmm. it's an issue, I obviously feel very strongly about, you know, I, I, I just understand why they abstained. Yeah. And it also passed. It also passed. So yeah, that kind yeah. of took so away the argument that yeah. Yeah, like the SNP needs to be at Westminster to blah blah blah. No, we don't. Do your mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, going back to the to the uh groundbreaking suspension of ties. That was yeah, I mean, 
I didn't, I don't know if that one was aired. I, I saw parts of the Green Party conference that were aired on YouTube, but I mean, I heard about that right away. It was really great. Um, there was one motion that didn't make it to the floor that I was very disappointed that didn't, that there wasn't time for it. It was the, um, the one about ministers, people in ministerial positions being co-leaders. And I don't know, is, do you think that's something that will be voted on in your party's future, Neil? Or is there any predictions you'd like to make or opinions you have about that? Um, I don't know about predictions, but um, we had uh, uh, AGM uh, a week ago on Thursday online, and there were some things that weren't heard there. And the motions that weren't heard at conference are going to be included with them in uh, uh, an EGM and then the emergency general meeting. So they will be discussed and they will be voted on. Yeah. That sounds, so, I mean, that's something I'm also very interested to see how it turns out because it's going to kind of change the, it's going to change things practically. Yeah. So I wouldn't like to predict what the outcome will be, but um, it will be discussed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, here's something I wanted to talk to you about. So the conference was held, the Green Party conference was held in Dundee, right? Which is yep. also why Maggie Chapman opened it, because that's her patch, right? Um, mm -hmm. I remember seeing something that you had said on Twitter about there wasn't enough about the environment. And I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you about this, but I had some thoughts about maybe reasons why or whatever, but so can you like give us some insight into what you were thinking or saying or did the rest of the conference change your opinion on that? Hmm. Um, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said in that tweet. But, I think um, it was just from the morning, the the, the very first spe speeches, maybe. All right, okay. Um, so yeah, I they uh, seem to digress into different things, but uh, after that it came back, and certainly after the discussions on the Saturday, the policy motions on the Sunday were very much and very environmental. There was energy, there was transport, there was uh, lots of other things uh, on that as well. So overall, yeah, um, there was. Uh, so they're just burying the lead a little bit. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of discussion on environmental issues and not just as um, whoever it was, the, the Tory MSP, Thing about independence because the big slogan was uh, independence in there, but that the independence part was not talked about on its own, but it was talked about in the way that we could change things more easily as an independent country uh, out with the, the, the union that we've got at the moment and it would be easier to, to bring these things in and uh, uh, and, and and make the, the, the changes because as part of the UK we're restricted by what Westminster lets us do. Yeah, fair. I was just wondering, 
you know, like with the opening speeches, I was wondering if it was because of the nature of Dundee politics a lot or like what what the really important issues are in Dundee. It's like drug deaths and I mean, public transport is a part of that, but it seemed like that kind of carried out, that was talked about on day two or not in the very opening speeches. Um, I thought it was kind of smart because like labor has a fairly strong presence in Dundee and um, having such a strong socialist like Maggie as the green, I think it was really smart to kind of hammer home the uh, like the support for trade unions and the, you know, the solidarity with socialist values and mm -hmm. the approach to drugs and stuff. But I mean, we I could talk about how much I like Maggie Chapman's policies, probably all <laughs> all podcasts. So <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll stop uh, with that well, now. Well, well I mean, I would say that is, for me, what Scottish Greens are about in general and why I'm a member. You know, I, <clears throat> a while ago, uh, doing interview with uh, Graham Campbell mm -hmm. and uh, Graham asking if there was uh, a socialist group uh, in the Scottish Green Party. I said, um, well, no, because we're all socialists anyway. You know, so I was saying before about the diversity within the SNP and, you know, the differing views that, yeah, you've, you've got a socialist group to do that. But basically, uh, Scottish Greens were, were all of that persuasion in the first place. Yeah, was that last year that you guys voted to officially become, like, to label yourself as Social Democrat Party? I think that was last year, maybe? All right, was it? Okay, um, don't know that. I think so. I think it was, so I'm, full disclosure, I'm co-convener of SP Socialist with Graham Campbell, and he kept saying, we need to get the groups together, and I had to do a little digging, and people were like, no, no cat. Like, the whole party voted to be a social democrat party. You know, like, yeah. it's in the Constitution now. We don't have a separate little group for it, but, you know, both of our parties have trade union groups. The I'm a member of the S&P trade union group, but it's, it's quite bogged down in procedural and the makeup of the active people are not the same brand of socialism as I am, maybe. It's, there's a lot <laughs> well, of yelling I'm, at clouds. Yeah. Well, as I said um, earlier, I'm secretary of uh, trade union group for the Scottish Greens. And I was there when it was first formed and uh, yeah, I, I think we're actually getting ultimate militants uh, and things. And uh, fortunately, I think not fortunately, but holding the party up to to these ideals, and not that the party doesn't have them in the first place. But I think we're we're just sort of making sure that they, they keep following it. I just wanted to clarify some terminology. Just last year, it was last October that the Scottish Greens voted to define themselves as an eco eco socialist party, um, which is ah. different from social democratic. Uh, the SNP's actual official line is that we're a social democratic party. Like the about page for our website literally says Scotland's largest political party and party government, center left, and social democratic. I mean, it's good you're not an eco fascist. <laughs> some Green Party. <laughs> I mean, there's some Green parties. parties. <laughs> all over the world right um there's the there's two main divisions right there's the party that are like the scottish greens that are eco-socialists or social democrat 
that care about the environment. There's the centrists, like the German greens and stuff like that. And then there's the outliers that are, there are some fairly fash green part. I think the green party of Mexico is weird. Not part of the global family. (laughs) Yeah. Or I mean, this crazy anti-vax funded by Russia in America, the American green. Yeah. (laughs) Wacko. I mean, the problem with America is that it's the two big parties and the main donors for like the libertarian and the green party are the uh, like Democrats will give money to the libertarian candidates or like maybe not them, but like progressive and and conservatives will donate to specific opponents that could tip a race that are in the libertarian or the green party. So, and then the, I mean, I allegedly, because I, I don't have the information in front of me, there has been some like questions about Russia funding, giving a lot of money to the American. Oh Korean. yeah. There's, I mean, it, it's a fairly, I mean, I don't know have the evidence for it, but like, it's a fairly, at least widely believed thing that Jill Stein was a Russian plant. That's not the green party we're talking about. <laughs> um, it makes me appreciate the Scottish greens. Oh, so much more. Right. Uh, <laughs> that they are. Like, I, I think that the Scottish independence movement and also like healthy politics at Holyrood depend on both the Greens and the s working together. You know, at conference, I actually ran into some people who were like, oh, the Greens, we need to blame them for the fairies. They need to take some of the responsibility. I'm like, when, sorry, when did the fairy thing happen? And they're like, <laughs> well, but still blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand the point of that. Like, yeah, what are you so. doing here? Like, <laughs> let's, let's keep the eye on. I know some people hate eye on the prize, but like eye on the prize, like what is the point? Oh, for so. me, it's that like one of um, our mutual friends always says that for him as a socialist, it's important to be part of a mass movement and like to be where the people are. And I, I actually agree with that. Um, if you want to craft more progressive policy, if you want to sort of achieve socialism, whatever that means to you, part of that is being where the people are to sort of change hearts and minds. And so that's kind of one of the reasons I'm here. Fair, <laughs> but I also, I also think that some people say yep. wherever a socialist gravitates, whatever party gravitate to, that's what you should mm-hmm. stick with. Like your comfort, yeah. like your natural home, you fight for socialist values, wherever you are. Like there are mm-hmm. people in the labor party that are socialists. I don't think there's anybody that Tory and Lib Dems that are, but uh, <laughs> In the other three parties like that's not bad actually to have three parties mm-hmm. of socialists inside it is pretty of pretty good actually pushing to the left yeah I pushing mean, or pulling like, depending it is kind of it is kind of beautiful that um you know when when you, when you remove sort of the the sort of constitutional politics that sometimes push labor voters in different directions like the three parties that have like the most momentum in this country are all socialist parties one kind or another but by this country, I mean Scotland, obviously. Um. obviously. <laughs> um, okay, so right before we wrap up, we just want to talk about not the year ahead, but the week ahead or the to the end of the year. Um, we can feel like a year. Yes, something that we have been waiting on for ages, it feels like, is the gender recognition reform bill. That is getting introduced at stage one on Thursday, the 27th. And there is, Erin, do you want to share the event info? Uh, yeah, so Equality Network, uh, Equality Network and Scottish Trans Alliance are having a event 
to um, support the the first reading. Um, uh, Twelve thirty on on Thursday the twenty seventh outside Scottish Parliament. So we'd love to see you there. I'll be there. I think. Yeah, I'll Aaron, be there. You're gonna be there. Yep. I don't know if you'll be there, Neil. You'll probably be at work. <laughs> uh, sorry, what, what day did you say it was? It's Thursday, the 27th. Oh, no. I'm not working on Thursday. You'll be there no. in spirit, right? Yes, <laughs> oh, indeed. Yes. Um, so, with that being said, Aaron, do you want to ask Neil the question? Oh, no, yeah. So, Neil, something that we ask sort of everyone we have as a guest on the show um, you know, we've had a, a discussion about sort of uh, the, the Scottish Greens, the Green Party conference and, and what have you, but is there anything that you wish we'd asked? Oh, well, there's a question. <laughs> um, uh, um, this will need to be edited because my brain doesn't work too quickly. If there's anything you want to plug or anything, either. just Maybe the question might be, um, how happy am I to be a member of the Scottish Green Party at the moment? Mm -hmm. And uh, at the moment, I'm very happy. Last weekend's conference was was great. A lot of fantastic people there. And um, everything that was passed and everything that was talked about just connected with how, about, how I feel personally about everything uh, so much. You know, just uh, for the, uh, the environmental side of it, or whether it was, as I said, the, the gender recognition part of it, and the acceptance of everyone in the room of different people, different lifestyles, or different backgrounds, or, you know, uh, gender, sexuality, and everything. I just felt totally comfortable with and was very happy to, to be in the room and to be a part of it. Well, that's really awesome to hear. Like that's, yeah, I don't, that just is amazing to hear. I, I really like how the Scottish Greens also seem to be the party of the people and not, my mother puts it, oh, the Greens, that's for rich people, right? That's not the Scottish Greens. And I love that about you guys. I think you probably get it in, in most political parties and that it's not your ordinary working people that actually are active in any political party. Um, and But um, I, I think Scottish Greens certainly are, are not too far up that whatever scale of, of working people and how much, how much they earn, basically. Um, because you know, if you're struggling and you're you haven't got a lot of money to to get through, you're not going to do something like join and be active in the political party. Um, so there is a kind of certain level before somebody, anybody, has you know enough time and enough uh, money to be able to to get involved in that way, rather than just doing the the daily grind as it were, but uh, I, I like to think the Scottish Greens are, are, are down towards that kind of lower level uh, of, uh, of people's earnings and in in involvement. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add, Aaron? I know you like to do a book recommendation every week. Or every oh, episode. gosh. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, what am I reading right now? 
uh sadly i have been doing a lord of the rings reread so i have not been reading anything serious but <laughs> i'm sad gifted- about that <laughs> because I'm not reading. I feel like I need to recommend something like recent and political. Uh, for my birthday, I did get a copy of The End of Policing. So I haven't read that yet. So I'm not a wreck, but uh, in terms of uh, what I am reading right now, um, I'm about to start reading The End of Policing. So I might have to borrow that from you. <laughs> All right. So just to wrap up, don't forget to check out our our sister or our sibling podcast on Ungagged. There is uh, the North American-based podcast, World Beat with George Collins, once a month. And every week, join David and Deborah and their rotating hosts at the moment for Hollywood on Gag for current events happening in Scotland and sometimes the wider UK. And you are in the, the last one as well, buddy. I was. It's I, I like yeah. to call it the time capsule episode because <laughs> we recorded it before Liz Trust resigned. <laughs> It's, it's sometimes fun to look back at how much things change over a few days. Yeah. Well, everybody have a good, have a good, whatever, hibernation. I'm just sleeping all the time. <laughs> <laughs>